I am Kevin Johnson, university professor, writer, speaker, and retreat leader based on the Connecticut shoreline. I was initially drawn to silence through my research in mystical theology and the deepening of my prayer life. Since then, the focus of my work has been the recovery of silence as a way of deeply engaging the world, fostering a holistic wellness, and cultivating wisdom. I'm Cassidy Hall, a writer, photographer, and filmmaker based in Los Angeles. And I was initially led to silence through the monastic traditions of Christianity after reading Thomas Merton's New Seeds of Contemplation. And I've also worked in the production team of the award-winning documentary film In Pursuit of Silence. Hi, I'm Carl McCollman. I'm a Christian contemplative author, speaker, retreat leader, and spiritual companion. I'm a lay associate of a Cistercian monastery, and I first encountered silence when I learned the practice of Christian meditation through the Shalem Institute. So today, what I would like for the three of us to do is talk a little bit about why we're doing this podcast. Why is encountering silence a thing? Why does it matter to each of us? So just riffing off of the title, Encountering Silence. Uh, Kevin, do you have any thoughts about why encountering silence matters to you? Yes. Well, many thoughts, actually. Uh, Carl, you're going to have to cut me off, and Cassidy can do it as well. Uh, okay. <laughs> but um, for me, the title itself is important and actually gets at a lot of the things that I'm interested in. Um, being a recovering academic, uh, I'm interested in definitions and words. Words really do matter. And they can really gauge... Uh, the temperature of the room, and they can also guide us or point us in the wrong direction. And the word encounter is very helpful for me uh, because it's not, uh, it's something different than experience. It's something different than focusing on kind of self-centered approaches to things, which is key for me. Uh, Silence actually gets at something that's profoundly mysterious about the human person and also about a lived life. And so you don't actually experience silence, but you do engage it, you do participate with it, you swim in it. And so the word encounter is like a placeholder for me that allows me to actually move in the right direction and and be open to it. Thank you. And um, Cassidy, I'm thinking, well, Kevin spoke so beautifully about encountering Would you share a thought or two about silence? Yeah, coming to this uh, podcast with you guys, um, what's been most interesting for me is, is, is recognizing more recently in my life how silence is a place where I fear myself because silence is a place where I meet myself. And so, you know, and and along with Kevin, you know, we could go multiple directions in all kinds of different ways and talk about this for for days on end. But um, ultimately, I think what I want to point out today is just um, silence is where we meet ourselves and silence is the place where we engage with ourselves deeply. And 
certainly um, this can be a dangerous thing um, when one is dealing with, you know, extreme mental health issues and, and things like this. And, you know, we need to take precautions for that. Um, there are times when um, one is equipped um, to, to handle silence and to really go into it and to deal with the darkness that it exposes of ourselves. And so for me, um, encountering silence is also a place of encountering ourselves. Wonderful. And I think what I would add to the mix is for me, there is a fundamental relationship between silence and mystery. And maybe that even touches with, you know, Kevin's comment about being the recovering academic, you know, kind of moving from maybe kind of the positivism of kind of language into this place where even, even attempting to set language aside. This, this place of, of simply trying to be present with my breath or being present with my body and being present with my anxiety. You were talking about darkness, Cassidy. And, and what, what, what I keep seeing is that when I encounter myself, I also encounter mystery. And I think I'm just a small little piece of that mystery. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I, and I, I think what I'd like to hear, you know, based upon what I said and then hearing your responses, I think the reason this podcast makes so much sense to me is that we each are bringing our own unique voice, but I felt very much at home hearing what you both had to say there. Uh, I would have I, I said something similar in a different situation. If you had asked me another question, maybe I would have gotten to what Cassidy had said or, or what Carl said, because it is, you know, as getting back to encounter this idea of finding, you know, discovering myself, um, it's getting past my, who I think I am and actually being in touch with who I am. And that's mystery, right? And, and, th and that, that's connecting with what Carl said, that words really don't capture and can never capture. We know this doesn't really capture our best relationships or the, the most profound feelings we have, they, they just skim the surface. Whereas encounter and, 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 you know, being a recovering academic, I'll, I'll cite somebody, Martin Buber would say experience skims the surface, but encounter goes to the depths. And that, that's really what I heard in the two of your answers there. That's what I'm interested in. Well, what occurs to me is, um, I think all three of us are fans of Thomas Merton. Yes. And Thomas Merton's idea of the um, that still point, the point vierge, deep within us. And I would suggest that part of what makes the virgin point what it is, is its silence. So, Cassidy, maybe you should briefly mention the movie that you've been involved in for the past couple of years? Because I think that's yeah. how the three of us met. <laughs> um, first, first, I, I, I want to tag off of what you said, Carl, um, with regards to uh, Merton um, and his quotes, very specifically on um, uh, the axis, axis mundi, um, the virginal point of pure nothingness, which is at the center of all other loves, is what he says. The center of all other loves. Um, and that always really drew me in. Um, and that is something that actually at the Thomas Merton Society meeting, after the film, I read that quote back to the group 
Are you guys familiar with that? Yes, of course. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I know the fourth and walnut quote, but I think what you're talking about might be a little different. But maybe for our listeners, you should go ahead and speak to it. So this reminds me a lot of Thomas Merton and his words in Day of a Stranger, um, an interesting little book he wrote. And he says this, One might say I had decided to marry the silence of the forest. The sweet, dark warmth of the whole world will have to be my wife. Out of the heart of that dark warmth comes the secret that is heard only in silence. But it is the root of all the secrets that are whispered by all the lovers in their beds all over the world. So perhaps I have an obligation to preserve the stillness, the silence, the poverty, the virginal point of pure nothingness, which is at the center of all other loves. I attempt to cultivate this plant without comment in the middle of the night and water it with psalms and prophecies in silence. It becomes the most rare of all the trees in the garden, at once the primordial paradise tree, the axis mundi, the cosmic axle, and the cross. Wow. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. 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 Well, Cassidy, I would love for you to just kind of briefly share with the listeners about the movie that you were involved in, because that's really how the three of us met. Yeah, so I, I was on the production team of um, a documentary feature film called In Pursuit of Silence, and it's a film about our relationship with silence and sound and the impact of noise in our lives. And back in, I guess I would say, I think 2014 or 2015, um, I began researching people that were writing about silence and talking about silence and people that were adhering to silence in their own lives and yielding to what that meant. And I came across um, both both you, Carl, and, and Kevin, um, and some of the writings that you guys had done. Um, I came across the inner room. I came across um, Carl's writings and many books um, and blog posts and um, reached out to you separately, I believe, at first, and started talking to you guys about... Um, possible interest in the documentary film. And that's really where it all began. Yeah. I mean, if I, rec if I, if I recall, um, I'm not sure who did it first, but we were tweeting back and forth because uh, I stumbled upon the movie, uh, and heard about it. And actually Maggie Ross, who is in the movie, you interviewed her. Uh, I was in contact. She is a, a mentor of mine and, uh, and a great, uh, just a, a great friend as well. And, and she mentioned there's this movie on silence. You have to go see that. And they know what they're doing, which is a uh, high endorsement <laughs> from Maggie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she was like, I met with them and they get it and they understand and they know what they're doing. And then I, I like got off the phone. I think we were Skyping and I got off the Skype with her and just went right online and started and found you guys and found your Twitter page and reached out and, and then you responded back and were generous. And then that was the conversation. You started asking me questions. And, and so that was kind of how you and I interacted. Um, so, Carl, did you, did you get it through? How did you, you meet them? Well, you told me about it. Okay, so I did. You and I, you and I were already, we met through Twitter, I believe. Yes. And, um, and you two, we had, you two met through Twitter? We met through Twitter, yes. Uh, maybe God, a year. Twitter. A year or two before, um, before 
in pursuit of silence entered our world. Yeah. And, um, you know, because it's the sa same kind of thing. I've just admired Maggie Ross's work for many, many years now. And and I, I you know, Kevin and I had Twitter conversations. We found out that we both were, were I guess, fans, is not too strong a word, fans of her work. Um, and, um, you know, so we struck up a friendship and got to the point where we would chat from time to time. And one particular time, I think I was driving to Virginia and, you know, I was speaking up there and Kevin said, oh, by the way, Maggie told me about this amazing new movie coming out, it, you know, and, and I don't remember, Casty, if I called you or if you called me, <laughs> but somehow we ended up talking. And, you know, and again, it was like with Kevin, immediate rapport, this immediate sense mm -hmm. that, you know, you're, you're a kindred spirit and, and you know, a, a you know, a co-walker on the paths of silence. And so, um, so it, you know, it's interesting because we're talking about how we encountered one another and, um, you know, yeah. and there's the joy of friendship there. Yeah. But I think there's also maybe the joy of recognition. Yeah. And the idea that um, that persons who have in their own lives had a serious encounter with silence will, I believe, more readily recognize that in others. And, they, and they, the other may not necessarily be the same religion or the same ethnicity, the same political party, you know, or anything like that. And that is really, I think, what's profoundly beautiful. Silence is silence is silence. Right. Yeah, I, you know, and in, in coming back to our Maggie Ross, um, you know, something that she says in our film is she says, we think that all this noise and artifice is human, but it's not. It takes us away from what is human. And so, you know, Carl, as you were saying, just kind of finding that center of humanness uh, within one another is just has been really beautiful. Right. Right. And and I think this gets back what Carl just said too. what Cassidy when she read that Merton quote, I mean, this idea that if you've had the profound, you know, connection with silence, if you've bumped into it enough, you start to get its flavors, its smell, you know, you know what it looks like, you know what it sounds like that you the antenna is kind of up. You pick it up when you bump into someone else uh, and you recognize that, hey, there's something going on here. And it, it's it's most of the time in my um, experience and in my thinking about it, um, most of the people recognize that they've had this encounter with silence. I have had some interesting experiences where I bumped into somebody who I think had a profound um, exposure to silence, but I don't think they were aware of it themselves. <laughs> That's very strange when that happens, but that happens. Well, I think that we live in a culture that does not know how to talk about silence. Yeah. And I think when, and I, I can't remember which of the three of us first said, hey, we should do a podcast. You know, one of us is the guilty party. I don't remember which one. Yeah, I don't either. But, um, but the other two immediately said, wow, great idea, you know, and here we are. But it seems to me that part of what we're trying to do and part of what, you know, Patrick and, and, and his whole team within Pursuit of Silence was trying to do and part of what I think monks for centuries have been trying to do is find ways to talk about silence. Because the reality is, is that we encounter silence, but then we also are in community and we have relationships and we need 
we need language as well. We need discourse. We need the ability to converse. And I think we currently find ourselves in a culture that I believe is afraid of silence, doesn't know what to do with silence, and certainly does not know how to talk about silence. Yeah, and, right. I, and I, I think it's it really is because our identities, you know, we're trained, our culture, everything about our culture, our identities are about the words we say, the ideas we hold, the experiences we gather. So, I mean, and those things are important, you know, like, I'm sure it's going to come up a million times in this podcast um, where we'll talk about encounter versus experience and other things. And I never, ever want to dismiss experience or words or any of that matter. You know, um, and I know you two agree that now we're not trying to get rid of words or never talk again. But uh, if the words aren't grounded, if the words don't actually point to something, then they just hang in the air, you know, and they're not really rooted at anything. And the words, like you just said, I think the beauty of talking with monks is that they, their words point to something because they've been in silence. And so then they know how to navigate those waters and they know how to direct us back. I, 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 you know, it's really weird. I talk about silence in public. I know Carl does. I know Cassidy. I know you both do. And it's really strange to talk about silence. You know, that just sounds so silly to say we're going to talk about silence. Um, and I always feel like the monks direct me because it's like I'm navigating. I'm just, I'm not... I'm just saying, listen, can you look to the left? Can you look to the right? That's all I'm trying to do with my language, really. Yeah, yeah. And and for those interested, I do, I do want to say uh, the director of the documentary film In Pursuit of Silence is Patrick Shen. Um, so that if you want to look that up online, watch the trailer or what have you. Definitely. Um, and a question that, you know, and, and, and both of you guys have seen it and have been great for the film and I thank you for that. Um, one of the things I want to address is, you know, uh, the natural response to this podcast in the first place is the paradox of a podcast about silence. And Carl, I'm curious um, what your initial response would be to someone who says, you know, the ha ha ha, uh, you know, a podcast about silence. That's a paradox. What, you know, that doesn't even make sense. Why would you do such a thing? I think what I would say is every diamond needs a setting. That, um, you know, just as you, we, we talk about monasteries, whether it's a Christian monastery or a Buddhist monastery, what are you going to find? You're going to find silence, but you'll also find chanting. You'll also find kind of more, more devotional exercises. And, you know, even at a Quaker meeting, you find people standing up and speaking the word as they've been directed by their own inner light. So silence does not exist in a vacuum. Maybe in outer space it does, but in human terms, silence always dances with language and with thought and with emotion and with the body. And so all of that is, 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 is in the mix. So I think it makes perfect sense to speak about silence. And I think what what my hope is for this podcast is that the three of us and then the guests that we bring on board, we can explore ways to speak about silence, to, to, to riff off of Kevin, that emerges out of the silence. 
And and another another way of looking at this, and, and I think it's Jean-Luc Marion, the philosopher, talks about the difference between icons and idols. You know, and language is idolatrous when it just reflects back on itself. But when language actually ushers us into the mystery, it becomes iconic in the best sense of that word. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's interesting is I was listening to an On Being podcast the other day, and they were talking about how musicians um, understand and have reverence for and respect. They're taught silence um, very, very early on, because when you're trained as a musician, you naturally um, respect the pauses, right? You understand the pauses, you understand the breaks, you understand what comes between. And that's something that is not taught in every profession. And it's interesting that um, it's something for those of us that are not familiar with silence, essentially we need to teach ourselves and we need to figure out how to grasp. Yeah, and I think that's that's spectacular that she says, that Cassidy, you say that, because um, for me, the, the reason why a podcast on silence, you know, how to deal with that paradox, for... Uh, again, I try to just point people out that the map that we kind of use to talk about reality, you know, the way we look at the world, at one point, silence was on the map, and we've erased it, you know. Uh, our culture just has gone in this particular direction. The way we talk about words and ideas and things has done us great, you know, good. We have technology. We do a lot of wonderful things, but uh, it's also erased sadly, some important things. And silence is one of those things. And so in Pursuit of Silence, the movie, I loved it because it put silence back on the map. And what I try to do, and I'm, what I'm hoping the podcast will do, is it puts silence back on the map as like a musician needs to know that pause is important, that pause is actually part of the music. You know, the silence yeah. is part of the music. And our culture doesn't really think too much uh, about how silence is actually part of the language and part of a lived life. We, you know, very often, and I'm sure this will happen, we'll get into this deeper, but we've already said people are afraid of silence and people equate silence with either a nothingness or a lack as opposed to either a shift to something more important or, you know, something else. We know that, too. People pause. We have moments of silence when we want to remember somebody, you know, like, so we still have leftover in our culture that we realize that silence is special. It's sacred, which means set apart. It's something that we should honor and look to, but it's, it's uh, oftentimes just casually and easily overlooked. And it's, so it becomes a blind spot. So how do you talk about the blind spot? Once you know the blind spots there, that's fine. You can maneuver, but without it, it becomes dangerous. And what I would also like to throw into the, the soup, as it were, is some of the ways in which we misuse silence. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, um, think about the whole idea of, of uh, you know, in a marriage where the two partners in the marriage are mad at each other. They give each other the silent treatment, you right. know, so silence becomes a barrier right. to intimacy. So you've got that. And then think about the old... Um, the old public relations campaign of ACT UP, the organization that was campaigning for AIDS awareness back in the 1980s. Their slogan 
was silence equals death. Right. And and I think that's a that's an important important slogan because it reminds us that sometimes silence can be exclusionary, sometimes it can actually be a form of oppression. So, you know, I think as we encounter silence in this podcast, we we need to throw it all into the mix. It's not just, you know, mystics having ecstatic experiences. And I know that word experience makes you twitch, uh, Kevin. But, <laughs> but, but I think in, in, the, in the popular culture, that's what people think. Right. You know? Oh, Definitely. yeah. Definitely. You know, um, so it's um, it's not just having a mystical experience or having a religious experience or or having a moment of ecstasy. It's also ways in which silence um, brings us into some darkness as well. Cassidy. Yeah. And I think, you know, one important thing to note is, you know, as we were developing this podcast, the list of um, ideas, Carl, that you ran with, I mean, we're, you know, wanting to address the gamut of, of what silence is in our society, what it means, how it relates to all kinds of issues. And as uh, Audre Lorde so famously said, you know, your silence will not protect you. So we do want to talk about silence and social justice. We do want to talk about things like, you know, silence and um, how it relates to sexuality, silence, how it relates to um, all kinds of things that are happening in our world, um, including just most recently, right, with uh, the NFL and um, the take a knee thing. And, you know, it's important. There are important ways um, that silence is influencing all different aspects of our lives and how it can be a powerful tool to actually take a stand. Um, and I think that, you know, with the list, Carl, that you started, it, it's very evident that silence is a part of all aspects of our lives. I mean, no matter how we look at it, you know, death, love, life, um, birth, everything. I mean, you know, academics, you name it. I mean, silence is everywhere. And, um, like from the film, you know, uh, silence in schools, um, the author of that, uh, Helen Lees talks in our film a lot about, you know, the importance of silence in schools and how it's a mechanism for learning and whatnot. So silence and depression, silence Mm. and mental illness, silence Mm. and art, silence and music. We've already touched on that a little bit. Um, yeah, silence in terms of political discourse, uh, the lack of silence. Think about how so many of our cable news channels now, you just hear people talking over each other all the time, you know. And so, yeah, there's, I think there are many ways in which we encounter silence, many ways in which we encounter the lack of silence that um, I have no anxieties about us running out of things to talk about, even though our topic is very quiet indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the it's silence that just never stops talking. They speak, you know, constantly speaks. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I, that's why I thought whoever came up with this idea of this podcast, I'm going to think it's Cassidy. She's brilliant. Cassidy, when you came up with this idea of the podcast, I said, you are amazingly brilliant and we should go with that. (laughs) I'm going to, well, we don't know who did it. So we have to assign somebody. I'll assign Cassidy today. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. But, but yeah, I mean, it is, it really is. It's funny. You think, oh, I can, like Cassidy said, you can almost hear the jokes. You know, somebody would say, oh, 
podcast about silence, what do, what do we do? Just turn it on and it's just, you know, it runs for 30 minutes and then goes off and there's no sound and there's no, <laughs> you know, what's your theme song? Wind blowing? You know, like <laughs> you can almost hear the jokes. Crickets. You know, crickets. Yeah, crickets. That would be perfect. So, but there is, there's uh, everything you've already mentioned and there's so much, which makes to- so much sense. If, if, if silence really does get at the heart of things, if it gets back to what we said at the beginning, that we actually find ourselves, if it actually gets to the mystery of what it means to be alive, what it means to be a human being, and what it means to even exist, well, then it's an infinite array, isn't it? And so it's going to, just like words can hurt or heal, silence can too if it's abused, you know, so it makes sense to me. As Carl was saying earlier about uh, recognition, and how we came to one another through recognition. I think that, you know, um, a goal of this podcast for whoever listens to it is, is a sense for the listener to recognize silence in their own lives, whether that's in other human beings or in other, um, in times in their workday, in times with their children. Um, and again, silence is not the absence of sound. And we will certainly delve into that in further episodes. But recognizing silence um that is i think one of i think we could probably all agree that's a centered goal of this podcast for for listeners to recognize silence in their own lives um and and i i don't think i'm speaking just for myself when i say for for me that uh silence is is the divine you know silence is of god and you know a goal being for listeners to recognize God ultimately, you know, at the end of the day. And, um, you know, we plan on ending each podcast with a couple minutes of silence and, uh, just joining in with you as you go into your day to recognize silence for what it is for you in your own life. Well, maybe this is a good point for me to go ahead and make the plug that we have, you know, we have the domain name EncounteringSilence.com and that our, um, our goal for that, obviously that's the homepage for the podcast, but we also want it to be a place where people can come and learn more about us, um, possibly support the podcast, but, but most important of all, find ways that we can begin to make those connections. Um, because I think that that is, um, that that's really the, the beauty behind social media, the beauty behind the technology that we have at our disposal for the first time in, in history. And so let's, let's, let's explore that. We've also set up an Encountering Silence Facebook page. So that's another opportunity where, um, where folks can come and connect with the three of us and um, we'll be posting, you know, information about upcoming episodes, and also really looking looking for questions and looking for feedback and and commentary from um, from people who might uh, share the um, the same interest that we have in learning how to more creatively and authentically speak about silence. So I think we're almost out of time for yeah. this go round. Um, but we'll be back. Thank you for listening to the Encountering Silence podcast. If you enjoy our ongoing conversation about the beauty of silence and its meaning in our lives, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or through your Android device. 
you can subscribe to our email list by visiting www.encounteringsilence.com. And please visit patreon.com slash encounteringsilence. That's www.patreon.com slash encounteringsilence to become a patron of this podcast. Your financial support will allow us to continue creating new episodes and spreading the message of how vital silence is to our social, spiritual, and physical well-being. And be sure to connect with us on Twitter and on Facebook. Our Twitter handle is at Silence Podcast, and our Facebook page is Encountering Silence. And finally, we hope that you will visit our personal websites as well, www.cassidyhall.com, www.kevinmichaeljohnson.com, and www.carlmccoleman.com. Thank you. And a special thank you to my youngest daughter for her guest appearance on the vocals in the background. Love you, honey.